Hey everyone, welcome to The Well, my very first episode. My name is Drew and I am beyond excited that you have chose to click on my podcast today. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing The Well and its purpose and also how it came to be a podcast. The goal for this podcast is to upload bi-weekly on Fridays, so I hope that you tune in and subscribe because God has a lot in store and a lot planned for those of you who are. So this podcast came about in a really unique way. I had always felt in my heart that the Lord was going to call me to start a podcast at some point, and whenever I would attempt to try it out, I never finished it out because during the process, the Lord would nudge me to tell me that it just wasn't time yet. I was trying to launch something prematurely, and looking back on it, I now realize that God had a specific vision for the podcast that I would have one day. And in order to pursue it, he needed to do some work in my soul. I had to go through some painful pruning and I had to unlearn some things in order to relearn. And not only that, but I also had to learn a lot about myself because I was going through a lot internalizing a lot because I can be so full of pride sometimes. I had to learn about my trauma, my struggles, what God wanted to use them for, how he wanted to use them for his glory. I had to learn about myself and my passions and things that I love and things that I don't love so much. Now, to give context, I gotta backtrack a little bit here so that you all understand kind of how I got to the place that I'm at now, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. God will use situations in your life to get you to a place that he needs you to be. And in 2012, sorry guys, I meant to say in 2021, my mom got sick with COVID and that experience was awful for my family because she had to be hospitalized and it was just overall really scary. I also want to say that the whole pandemic honestly was a little bit triggering for me because I had previously gone through a lot of grief in life. Having people pass away so often kind of became my normal. And I had also experienced a lot of people in my life passing away suddenly. It wasn't those types of situations where a person is sick and you can kind of prepare like, okay, we're going to make preparations because this person's going to pass because they've been sick and they're dying. No, these situations that I had gone through were situations that were sudden. Here today, gone tomorrow, even though I just seen you type situation. So... When the pandemic hit and suddenly I see all of these people dying, it was stressful. Mom gets COVID and each day she's getting worse. Her oxygen levels are dropping. And now we got to make this phone call so that the paramedics can come get her. Seeing my mom being strapped to a gurney and not knowing whether or not I would see her ever again was traumatic. It triggered every other loss that I had been through, and it exposed all the unresolved grief that was still sitting in my soul. Fast forward, my mom gets better, she's back home, things are slowly getting back to normal, but my mental health has declined tremendously. And looking back on it, I really couldn't process all that was happening when my mom was sick because I feel like I was on heavy go mode and when things finally slowed down and she was home, my body and my mind were just done. I couldn't sleep at night. I lost weight. I wasn't eating. I was having panic attacks every single day. My back gave out on me. I couldn't walk. I can remember it getting so bad that I had reached out to my friend Amber 
And this was during a time where I was trying to ground myself. I was trying to use the tools that I felt like I knew of. And it just didn't feel like these tools were working. And so one of those tools was go on a walk and kind of like spend time in nature, get some fresh air. And I had did that. And when I went on this walk, I was probably like maybe one minute in and I started having a panic attack. And so I rush home and I'm like, Lord, I need to call someone. Who can I call? And I can remember him telling me to reach out to my friend Amber. And when she had answered the phone, I sobbed my eyes out. And I thank God for her because I really needed prayer because, and I told her this, I'm barely making it. And it was the first time in my life that I can remember where I felt completely tormented in my mind. I heard a voice that wasn't my voice and it wasn't the Lord's voice. I was like, yo, this torment is about to win if I don't do something or if God doesn't intervene. Like I just didn't feel like he was there. And so because I didn't feel like he was there, I just didn't try to bring my burdens to him. I thank God for the people that are in my life that will pray for me. And this is why you have to surround yourself with the right people because I can remember not just Amber, but like my friend Brandy praying for me and lifting me up. And my friend Erica, I had reached out to her one night where I was like having insomnia and having panic attacks. And I was just like, Erica, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do this anymore, literally. And I remember her being like, nah, I'm not about to let you do this to yourself. I didn't let it happen to me. You're not about to let it happen to you either. And I still have that recording and I still listen to it sometimes because she doesn't know how much she impacted me. I should probably tell her. Erica, if you're listening to this, I love you, sis. But anyways, like she answered the phone and I start sobbing. I'm like, I need prayer because this torment is about to get to me. And I was desperate. And I didn't realize how much I struggled with this aspect of vulnerability and transparency because I always grew up like, I got it. I can do it. I'm the strong friend. People come to me with their burdens and I help them and I pray for them and it's okay. I can just pray for myself. But no, it was through my vulnerability that God was able to heal me. I had to stop pretending right? The Bible says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive healing, but we have to take the step to do that. Like God is not going to do that for us, you know? And so I realized that my vulnerability was the key to my breakthrough. And I also realized after Amber prayed for me that day, I was able to think clearly. God used her and the burden felt lifted. I felt a little bit lighter. And because I felt lighter, I was able to think clearly. And I realized that my response to life circumstances, my response to the things that are happening around me is nobody else's responsibility but my own. So I have a choice to make. I can choose to sit here and sulk or I can choose to get up, pick up my mat and walk. If you know, you know. (laughs) So I did. I went and I found a therapist. And I remember that night, I didn't care what their educational background was. I didn't care what their title was, LCSW, LMFT. I didn't care. I was like, I want the next available, right? Because sometimes you have to wait weeks out, months out before you get a session. I was like, nah, I'm going to pick whoever has the next available, which was the morning after that night. 
and I'm just going to get the help that I need. Through this therapist, I had been introduced to CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, and I feel like it worked for a bit, but I also felt like I needed more because it had felt very surface level. And I'm a very deep person. I'm like, I got to get to the root of why I am the way that I am, why this is the way that it is. The CBT, changing your thoughts, it's just not enough for me. It works, you know, but I got to go deeper. And I told my therapist this and he actually showed me and told me about EMDR, which is a form of trauma therapy. And he wasn't trained to perform it, so I would have to be referred out if I did choose to do it at the time. But we talked about it. He showed me a video on it. I remember watching the video and being like, nah, (laughs) this ain't it. I don't need to do this. This is actually weird, and I'm not doing it. So I let it go, and I was like, no, I'm okay. I don't feel like I'm ready for that. I don't feel like I, I can, you know, go into that right now. And I actually don't feel like my issues are that deep. So months go by and he ends up actually leaving the private, not the private, he actually ends up leaving the company that I'm doing therapy through and he ends up starting his own private practice, which sucked for me. Amazing for him, but sucked for me because his private practice would not end up taking my insurance. So I was super bummed. And I remember our last session on the phone, he was like, maybe you could find someone that, you know, now specializes in EMDR. And I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Hang up the phone and I'm like thinking about, I'm like, what am I going to do? Because I still feel like I need help, bro. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a little challenged. (laughs) I need some help. And so I give it a couple days and I'm like, all right, I start Googling about EMDR start looking at more videos about what it's like in real time because the video that he had shown me it was like this cartoon video of like what it was and stuff and I was just like I really need to see like an actual representation of what this is in order to make a decision so I did and I was like all right let me just try it so I get back on there I search for a therapist and I came down to two two that were EMDR certified and I ended up going with one of them And she's my therapist today. And she actually also just started her own private practice. Thank God she ends up taking my insurance. So I get to still stay with her because I was like, this is not about to happen to me again. It's a lot to have to be with a therapist for like almost a year and then have to transition and, and find a new therapist. And that therapist has to learn you and you have to explain the story all over again. It's a lot. Nevertheless, I am still working with her today and she is amazing. And I'm very grateful for her. I started EMDR therapy and the rest is kind of history. Now, I say all this to say that God can definitely heal in a matter of seconds, right? Miracles do exist, but sometimes God will use certain tools, people, environments to help shape and heal us. And for me, he used therapy, specifically EMDR. Just to be here is really a blessing because I never felt like I would be here. And through EMDR, I've been able to identify negative beliefs that I had developed about myself growing up. And one of those beliefs, negative beliefs, was that I'm not capable. And I doubted myself so much because I didn't feel like I was capable enough to carry the vision that God had for my life out. I felt like I was stupid. I felt like that it had to meet this certain level of perfection in order for me to move forward with it. 
And I also think that I found myself struggling a lot with frustration because I was hearing everyone around me tell me things like, Drew, you have a gift. Hello, you need to be using your gift. Don't sit on your gifts. Please stir your gifts, you know. Don't allow them to go to waste because God has given you a gift and he's given you word in your mouth. And it's not to say that those things weren't true, right? But the issue was that I didn't believe it and the people around me didn't know it. Or maybe they did and that's why they kept coming to me to like speak it to me. But with that being said, I actually do really thank God that those people continue to speak that over me because faith is built through hearing. And when I had those conversations with others, it definitely would prompt me to get up and seek out what the more that I was created for was. And I had to do a lot of work in order to believe it because the reality is that you can't go after what it is that God has called you to do unless you put your full faith in it. So through therapy and through my relationship with God, I finally feel like I'm in a place where I do believe God really had to help me. And I can literally remember my prayer being God help my unbelief because the things that people are saying they see in me, I'm struggling so hard to see in myself. What do you mean I got a gift? What's my gift? What do you mean I'm going to help people? How am I going to help people? (laughs) What do you mean is going to be through my testimony? You know, I had all these questions for God. And, you know, as I'm thinking about it now, it reminds me of my favorite name for God, which is El Royi. And it means the God who sees me. And I'm grateful to be seen by God because when I couldn't see me, God saw me and he never gave up on me. And honestly, what I've discovered too is that our circumstances will blind us if we let it, right? Like our trauma, the issues of our past, the deep-rooted struggles that are within our souls, they will blind us from being able to see clearly. And not only will they blind us, but they will also keep us in a state of paralysis. Some of us, like myself, right, when I was soaking and I didn't realize that my response was my responsibility, we just sulk, And we never decide to make a move. We never decide to get up, right? That's not the life that God has for you. You know, you're not called to just sit and sulk. You're created for so much more than your current reality. But if you don't get unstuck and really allow God to deliver you from unbelief, then you will never move forward. Because there is a season for healing, a season for deliverance. And as I've gone through that process, it's been really beautiful and it's also been really humbling. And it for sure has not been easy, y'all, but I wouldn't change a thing about it because I know for a fact now that God has his hand on me. And that's not something I could say confidently six months ago, a year ago, two years ago when I first started this journey. I was blinded by my past. Now I have such a conviction for freedom and living in all that Jesus paid for when he died on the cross and also helping others discover that so they can also live in that truth. Because it is a reality that God has set before us. And sometimes we're not able to obtain that reality because of everything going on around us. As I was preparing this first episode and asking God what it was that he wanted to talk about, I kept hearing him say John 10, 10. It's one of my favorite scriptures, actually. It's such a powerful reminder for us as believers. And this is Jesus talking and he says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I believe that those of you who have come across this podcast, God has called you to live. 
And what I mean by that is, you can use my life as an example. I was not living my life for the longest time. I was so isolated, just existing, had no friends, scared to put myself out there. I was depressed. And one of my assignments is to get you to embrace life a little bit more. I'll never forget one night I was up and I think it was like maybe around midnight, maybe midnight or 1am, somewhere around there. And I was spending time with God. And at this time in my life, I was struggling with letting go of people in my life that had passed away and the experiences that I had gone through as a result of their deaths. So I'm sitting there and I'm listening to the Lord speak over me. And one of the things he said was, I've called you to live. And he also said, yes, they died, but you're still here. And it made me think deeply about the world around me. Like, okay, I'm still here. So what am I going to do with my life? Again, am I just going to sit here and sulk or will I stand up and embrace the life that God has given me while I still have the opportunity? Because here's the thing. We don't have as much time as we think we do. The Bible says our lives are nothing but a breath. And in this day and age, it doesn't matter how young or old you are, you can be taken tomorrow. You can be taken today. I have watched so many people my age die. It's wild. I'm 24 years old. And those experiences, you know, all the grief and loss that I've experienced has really taught me about the brevity of life, how valuable life is. And you've got to heal so that you can live your life. So the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What does he want to steal? What does he want to kill? What does he want to destroy? Your purpose, your identity, your love for God, your love for life. So many of us are struggling with strongholds in our mind. The mind is the enemy's playground. He loves to get you in the mind because if he can get you in your mind, then he can get you in your heart. And if he gets you in your heart, it can spew out into different areas of your life. That's why the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can tell a lot about a person based off of the words that come out of their mouth. I kid you not. And I realized in my own journey, my own healing process, that I was giving the enemy so much power. I had to realize that the only power that the enemy has is the power that I give him. Through fear and through unbelief, you are not the devil's punching bag. And you living in the overflow, when it comes to experiencing life more abundantly, it starts with you knowing your authority in Christ. My assignment is to get you to understand that God has given you authority. To get you to a place where you're exercising that authority and confidence. Because he's given you authority to trample snakes and scorpions and not be harmed. Why? Because if God is for you, who can be against you? Jesus freed you when he died on the cross. It's time for you to wake up. It's time for you to shake yourself loose by stepping into your authority and believing that he is who he says he is in your life. Because you're not your trauma. You're not your circumstances. You're not the issues of your past. The reason why people are struggling is because they don't know who they are. This was my biggest challenge. I was searching for my identity in outside sources instead of finding my identity in Christ. I was allowing the circumstances that were happening in my life to define me when that wasn't the reality that God had for me. The Bible says we're made in his image. What does that mean? In order to find me, I got to find him. In order to know me, I got to first know him. And our focus cannot be on the enemy. 
Our focus cannot be on what he may be trying to do in our lives. It can't be fixed on the chaos he may be trying to bring upon us. Why? Because then you'll never find the rest that Jesus promises for your soul. You'll always be miserable if your eyes are fixed on what's not working out instead of focusing on Christ. What happened to Peter? For those of you who know the story, when he was walking on water with Jesus, what happened when he took his eyes off of Jesus? He started to sink. And we cannot afford to take our eyes off of Jesus in this season. In any season, right? The well is about healing. The well is about understanding who you are because you are made in the image of God and nothing and nobody can take that away from you. No more being stuck. No more being afraid, specifically afraid to heal because I think a lot of the times healing can seem a little bit intimidating. We don't feel like we're ready for it. My mission is to see you heal through the word of God. The Bible says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, having the power to cut between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. What does that mean? It means that it penetrates our souls and it cuts through our excuses and our sins. His word is alive. And when you read it, it reads you too. It exposes you to who you are and to the things in your life that you also need to work on. But the problem is that people don't want to change. People don't want to confront. People don't want to talk about the real and it's keeping them in bondage when it doesn't have to be that way. Yes, when you heal, you're in new territory. You've never been here before. And now you've got to navigate figuring out life in a brand new way. But trust me, it's a beautiful process. And being able to see clearly so that you can discover who you are fully is one of the best feelings in the world. Without the baggage, you'll never forget it. It will always be a piece of you because it's what God used to bring you to where you are, but it doesn't have to rule over you anymore. You can choose freedom so that you can also be a well for others, so that you can pour because we're all called to pour in some way, shape, or form, whatever that may look like for you. And I believe that if you allow yourself to be vulnerable and you allow yourself to release guilt and shame then you will love the next version of yourself and you will be able to walk in confidence knowing that God has given you power through his Holy Spirit. The well is messy and vulnerable. It comes from the book of John, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. This woman was going through so much and Jesus confronted her about who she really was. She was met face to face with who she was and there wasn't any denying it before God because the reality is that he can't bless who you pretend to be. This woman was so vulnerable and it was at the well where she received her healing. And my favorite part of this story is when she leaves her water jug at the well. She had just had an encounter with Jesus. She leaves her water jug at the well, the water jug that she came to fill up with water, probably because she was thirsty. And she runs into the town to tell everybody about what just happened, who she had just encountered, the Messiah, Jesus. And I love that because it shows that she came thirsty, but left full. Because when you drink from the cup of God, you'll never thirst again. You were created for more and you've got to know that. You're called for greater and you've got to know that. You're not the enemy's punching bag. And I can't wait to go through this process together. I love y'all.
and I'll see y'all for my next episode. And please provide feedback. I'd love to hear from anyone listening. I'm excited for this journey. Tune into the next episode. It'll be launching October 27th. Bye guys.